Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. We are actually broadcasting today from uh, El Camp in New Mexico, and I am joined by none other than Cuz Strickland himself. How are you doing today? I'm, man, I'm doing so good, I can't stand it. I got two big, large ice chests full of elk meat. I'm surrounded by great people who brought me on the elk hunt. I, you couldn't get the grin off of my face with a crowbar. <laughs> so let's talk about Talk about the hunt. I mean, that, that that's definitely the most exciting part, how it all... Well, you know, I, you started with Primos many, many, many years ago, way before all this stuff's going on. And we both worked hard and keep in touch and all that. But I hadn't really hung out with the guys that much in a long time. And Jimmy called and said, hey, man, save these dates right here. I want you to come on a hunt with us. Well, I mean, you know, one-tenth of a second into that statement, I told I'm in. I didn't ask what it was. I didn't care. I really didn't. But uh, I found out it was an elk hunt out here. And then, you know, anybody that hunts and has a pulse and they've watched TV or whatever and they see the Primos elk stuff, hey, man, it's time to get excited. <laughs> You're going to one of their spots. Because, right. uh, you know, I've killed three or four elk and I'm real proud of it. Killed two on public land. That was a big deal. But uh, I've been out of elk meat for a long time. So to say I was looking forward to this right. would be a major understatement. Well, we were, I know we were excited. It was kind of the same deal. And, and uh, you're, a, you're a very humble person. So, but, you know, I know you, I don't know if you'd like hearing this or not. But, you know, I, same deal when I first started working at Primo's, I'd watched Will and Jimmy and Brad from far away. And I watched you. And then, I, you know, I'd, I'd seen you, but I'd never got to hunt with you. So when Jimmy told me, you know, Cuz is going to come with us, I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, just because I'd never got to hang out with you and be in camp with you. And we, we had an absolute blast. Well, I have a good perspective for guys like you because, you know, I, I know what field producers do. Nobody has a clue. I, Troy Ruiz, who's here with us, you know, I ain't going to say we pioneered anything, but back when we started making television for Mossy Oak on Hunting the Country, and doing, even before then when I was doing videos with Wilbur, we did that first truth tape and the second one. There wasn't any manuals. And there was no guidelines. Nobody was doing this to amount to anything. So I know what you guys do on a not only a day-to-day basis, but an hour-to-hour basis. So I can relate, even though I'm 63 now, I still, in my mind... I'm still that guy. I'm still chasing up that <laughs> hill with a big camera. You know, I don't do that much anymore. Though. I did bring my little one, but I got a fine place in my heart for those guys because, you know, they're the top of the totem pole. They may not be the guy you see on TV every week, but guess what? If they're not here, that guy ain't going to be on TV every <laughs> week. So when I get around young field producers in the business, I like to, you know, talk with them and visit with them. And if they open up and ask questions and, uh, I, I really enjoy that part of it because to me they're the they're the real heroes in all this what's going on. Well, that's what we we always it's always and that's one of the things I like about which you know I, I've been very blessed to go. I, I worked at one other show before this, but we're always such a our guys. You know, with you, you said we're, we're so team oriented. You know, there's no one man show to any part of what we do. It's all very interconnected, and we know one can't work without the other. And that, that's kind of the beauty of it, and I think that's part of why we enjoy it so much, you know, that, that why we got so excited when, when Jimmy shot that elk yesterday because, we, you know, we all felt like we'd done that together, and that, that's cool. Oh, absolutely, you know, and to hang out with Jimmy. Jimmy was there, you know, when I got started. I went to work for Will. Jimmy was already there, so he's one of those guys I've – I've followed, you know, all through the years, and we stay in contact. I got immense amount of respect for him and Wilbur, but, you know, Jimmy 
when I was around Jimmy, he wasn't that far removed from the Marine Corps mm -hmm. and doing what he did. And he was, he was still dealing with that. And, you know, a lot of young people don't understand what that was, but I, I saw what Jimmy came through and what he became and all that. So I've always had an immense amount of respect for him and Will were both. And I was blessed. It's like God picked me to, to meet Will Primos and Toxie Hayes. Cause I'm telling you, the older I get and the more I look back, I realize how visionary those two people are. And I'm not saying it cause I worked for both of them. I still work for Toxie, but I'm telling you, I, if I have one gift in life, it's uh, it's reading people. And Will and Toxie both are very unique, very forward thinking. And I was just blessed to have, you know, met both of them and got some guidance from both of them and got my start. I mean, it was, uh, it was a little divine intervention. Isn't it all? It seems that way. Well, let's talk, uh, you being the kind of person that you are. I mean, I, 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 and I think I know a lot of people the same way. I consider you to be very much a pioneer of the hunting industry. A devout Primo's fan knows that that world famous truth one turkey hunt on Glasscock Island, mm -hmm. and you were there. I mean, that, I mean, you were on the foreground on all of that. So someone, someone like you, that has been in the hunting industry and watched it grow and become what it is. Where do you, what 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 do you see for the hunting industry? What what excites you? Where where do you see it going? What what do you what, you know? What, well, where do you, you know, mind that? I get excited about a lot of things. One thing <clears throat> one thing is the what I call the new wave, the young guys like you that are coming up, that have passion for it, because it takes passion to do this. It takes passion to drive it forward. There's so many negative things in the world right now that that we have to battle, you know, and it's like. Ted Nugent's one of the best warriors we got. Well, he's mm -hmm. 67 years old. Right. I'm 63. Jimmy's 69 or 70. Those guys are getting older. Mm -hmm. And we have. We've done it. We've worked for conservation, NWTFDU, everybody. We've done that stuff. And that's what I like to see is I like to see young people who are getting in it and taking part and not just like, hey, I want to be on TV. I want to be this famous hunting guy. But people who are willing to take the torch and run with it. That's why I spend so much time talking to young people and say, look, it isn't about television. It isn't about killing the biggest deer, what it scored, all that. It's about loving it enough to push it forward, you know, and do the, do the hard work, you know, the conservation work, raising money, all that. Because I tell people all the time, and, and I see it, and I know Wilbur does and Toxie does and all that. Right now, it's a perfect storm for what we do because for years, I can remember I, I did the first NRA uh, Great American Hunters Tour. I think that's what they called it. And they ended up doing several of them. But the first year, it was somewhere like in, uh, I don't know, Chicago or somewhere. But they had, I think it was four speakers. Uh, Jim Zumbo did elk. Mm -hmm. Dick Idle did whitetails. Uh, Chuck Jones, or not Chuck Jones, Chuck Adams did the bow hunting stuff. And I did the turkey huge crowds and the first one we went to there was anti-hunting people there throwing paint at the car at, at, <laughs> i mean it was crazy right. you don't see a lot of that stuff like right now but it's still we got to push through that and when i say it's the perfect storm i mean it's like all these shows on television major tv shows life below zero yukon men uh yeah all those shows and they're seeing these people hunt you know for sustenance 
and people all the time are telling me, man, I'd love to eat venison. I, I know, I just don't know how to hunt. So right now we got more people interested in what we do and you do than ever before. We got to figure out how to flip it because it isn't like golf. You know, if you, if you want to learn how to play golf, you can go to the country club and get a lesson. 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 bucks. You right. can't do that in hunting. You got to make a commitment to, to take somebody and kind of be a mentor. That doesn't mean you give up your whole hunting season, but it takes a while to teach people how to do that. It does. And uh, so, we, you know, that's what we've got to do is figure out how to reach those people. Right. And, and that's, that's something that I've, I've recognized, too. Just there's so many people, you know, or not, but that I've come in contact with um, that are kind of in that situation. And, and I know I, I was raised in a hunting family and I had friends that uh, a very, very, a guy named Keith Polk that, that taught me a lot about hunting, got me turkey hunting and all that. And that, but that was all when I was young, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, And that's kind of, you, you kind of, you could almost take it for granted because there's stuff that's, it's like second, you know, it's like second hand to you because you, you grew up knowing it. And then there's people out there like you're talking about that just don't know anything about it. And maybe they're, you know, f- you know, fully grown adults. They just don't know where to start. So you don't have to look far. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, it's like our kids at Next Wave of Kids. They're, they're going to learn it because they're around it. But, I mean, you, uh, you ain't got to get out of your neighborhood to find somebody because mm-hmm. adult grown people, especially guys, are hesitant to say, man, teach me how to hunt. You know, that just ain't in the DNA of most males. So you got to put it out there and say, hey, come go with me. Let me show you what to do. You know, access is a huge thing. That's why most of the conservation groups are working on access but that's why every year i try to do at least one if not two public land hunts mm-hmm. to see to show people hey this this right. is what i grew up right. doing it's not that big a deal there's no. great public land everywhere i love i absolutely love hunting public land well it's, it's what i grew up doing mm-hmm. in, in high school and college and uh, but you're absolutely right and it does kind of get it has almost a, a stick about it people are intimidated by it but yeah. it, it can be oh public land can be it, it can be it can be tough but it can be so rewarding too well, it's out there, and we own it. You know, it's the only it's the only nation on, on the planet where we, the people, own the land. And we have access to it, and to not use it is crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, conservation, taking X amount of game, keeping the population in check, not, it, it's the right thing to do. And then the, the venison or the turkey breast or whatever, that's just kind of a bonus. But, man, people get so fired up and do it, and I get into where – the older I get, the more I, I, I search out those people. We're doing a lot of stuff in the furniture world right now, Moss Elk Native Living, and going to those markets is way different than going to the SHOT Show or the Buckarama. <laughs> right. But people will come up to you constantly asking you about hunting. And just in the last three years, I've probably taken eight or ten, absolutely not. I can't even call them novices. A couple of them never shot a gun, never done this. And now they're on fire. You know, they bought them an ATV, they got a gun, they got a bow, whatever it is. It doesn't take but a little bit to spark those people. And that's, that's where the future lies. I agree. And kudos to you for doing that. And aren't you, you, you said something earlier, you, you, you're doing a, um, some kind of youth hunt deal with the QDMA? Yeah, I'm a, I was uh, asked to serve on the board of the QDMA, Quality Deer Management Association. I've always kept an eye on those because I felt like we didn't have an NWTF or a DU or a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for deer. And, you know, QDMA kind of had the the reputation 
you know, like it or not, of uh, technical, scientific, biologic, you know, that's why I never got that interest. And Brian Murphy would come by and visit with me at the shop show every year and say, what do you think? And I would preach to him for an hour and a half, you know, about this is what I think that you guys should do. And, you know, I started, they got great social media and stuff like that. And he just out of the blue called me one day, said, hey, I want you to serve on the the board. And I said, I'm in. Because if you're going to talk the talk, you better be ready to walk the walk. It's a lot of work. But what I like about QDMA is they get it. They're, They're going at different areas right now they're doing a lot of stuff with like I, t- I told you they they've set up these things at farmers markets where they're cooking venison and when people come taste the venison oh i would love to have some and there's your opening oh right. by the way you want to learn how to hunt take this qdma pamphlet so that's that's they get it they're right. reaching out they need some help but i see I, that's a cause i'm all in right there absolutely i knew that they were they were kind of headed that way because I think it was a year ago, two years ago, they contacted us that we did a, a series of videos for them for an ebook that they did. Mm-hmm. And it was all just a bunch of very, very basic. There was some that kind of worked up into the more advanced stuff, but very basic hunting how to's, you know, like how, where do you hang a stand? How do you, how to scout? Even there was stuff on shot placement, gun, gun calibers, bows, everything. And that's, I said, that was kind of moving that kind of direction you're talking about of, introducing people to hunting that don't know it that don't mm-hmm. understand it and, I and, think, and primos didn't charge them one dime for that no. so kudos to you guys that was a big deal to them it came up mm-hmm. in the first board meeting i was ever in you know the primos thing came up it always does around me and they made a a, a, a big long point about how you guys donated all that and you'd have to be around you and troy and everybody on the team to see how busy y'all are so you know there again primo's walking the walk kudos to you guys that's one of those things i appreciate that i do but that's one of those things that i i I always i can take pride in in where i work because i know that the guys and you know will and jimmy the founders of this that they don't just they really believe in what they say they believe in them and that's a cause that we you know we wanted to get by and so that's why we did it well it's important because you know it's uh People are watching, and, you know, that's that's why you can't get so caught up in I'll do anything it takes to kill that big deer or kill that big elk. And, you know, you, you people are watching. So the, so the leaders, you know, like Will and Toxie and whoever else it is, Bass Pro, all these people in charge, you know, they I'm pretty proud of the way the hunting industry holds its head up. There's some great people involved, and, they seem to do the right thing. We just got to get our, our shoulders behind that conservation effort a little bit and keep it going. We You don't want to pass the torch to somebody and then let it go out. Yeah, absolutely. You, you kind of got to give everybody some good advice and let you guys take it and run with it. Absolutely. Well, it, it's it's just, I, it's a, I don't know, it's it's such a humbling thing and it's it's such a, it makes me so grateful to be around people like you. And I, I love, I love like yesterday when you shot that elk because people, people ask me and I've been in the, I mean, I've been doing this for five years now and people ask me if I've gotten tired of it yet. I'm like, no, <laughs> how could you ever get tired of it? But I, I love watching Will or you or Jimmy when y'all shoot something and see y'all still get so fired up about it. Oh, look, dude, it, it you got to have a passion for this when you take it in and make it in your living because like last night, you, all of us, especially you and big big country, I call him, <laughs> and uh, Troy, everybody was working at 11 o'clock last night. We had to get that elk out that Jimmy shot and all that. It's a big, big deal. And I, I still have, 
you know, my heart tells me what to go do. Now, sometimes my legs don't agree with that, <laughs> following you guys up and down around here. But I'll give you a perfect example. I, I finally got me a little farm a few years ago. And uh, it wasn't a great place, but, I, you know, I planted trees. I was doing all the right things. And I had one picture of this really big deer. And my goal on my little farm was to make it, I wanted maximum carrying capacity, which means I wanted to have as much food to feed as many deer as I could. And if they happen to get big, cool. If they don't, that's all right, too. But I got three, uh, four grandkids, and three of them are boys, and they love to hunt. Anyway, I had one picture in, on September the 28th at 3.30 in the morning of this really nice deer. And I, I looked at that thing. I only had one picture. But anyway, I went to go bow hunting one afternoon with Toxie, and he called the last minute and said, I can't make it. So I just went on my little farm, walked behind my shed. I got a little food plot back there. I mean, it's walking distance. Got up there, had my little video camera in my pocket just in case something showed up. And I had just put that camera in my pocket and caught movement to the left and look over there, a doe kind of trotted out and here comes that deer. I, I was pretty sure it was that deer. And, it, and let me tell you, you talking about God being there. I had to reach across, my bow was hanging on a hook and my hand went through the wrist sling and I clicked the release on without even looking <laughs> and spun to the left and it just went like that. The deer stopped and I shot it and it ran off. And I hung the bow back up and I sat there literally for five minutes, just, you know, then's when the shakes kind of right. hit me. And at some point, I turned to look at my quiver to make sure there was an arrow missing. I was like, did that just happen? <laughs> I was so shook up. And I've been doing this for, you know, right. 45 or right. 50 years. But well, I think if you ever lose that feeling, you know, you need to move on to something else and become a teacher. So, <laughs> I agree. There's, I, I've, I've been in those moments like that where it happens so fast, you kind of just sit back and did yeah. that just happen? To yeah. you? Oh, that's great. Well, you, you know, the, the important thing is I, I didn't need to kill that big deer, but the fact that I did, when the deer ran off, I waited. I was by myself. I waited till everybody got there. My mother-in-law, we've since lost her. She was coming in. My wife had gone to pick her up. I waited till everybody got back to the house, and I took son-in-law, one of the grand, the only grandson that was there, wife, mother-in-law. We went and tracked the deer up and pulled it out and took pictures, made it kind of a family thing, and they still talk about that, you know. So it's important to imprint people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like the little grandkids. I, 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 they got so much to do, but I said, I'm going to make what I do available and make sure it's fun for them. If they don't want to go, we won't go. Uh, you know, if they want to bring their uh, Game Boy and sit there on the floor of the blind while they're five, six, eight, ten years old, I'm gonna let them do that because I want them. To, I want. Them, I want them to have fun, mm -hmm. but I want them to be imprinted with it now, and then let the chips fall where they may. But you know, at some point, I'm hoping, yeah, they'll love to hunt. Right. But if not, same way when I was raising the girls. I got two great girls. I have great families. I'm so proud of them. But all I wanted them to do, I didn't care if they hunted. I took them when they were little. And they'll both hunt. Lauren, she likes to hunt a good bit, but she's real busy. Amy's killed a deer and all that kind of stuff, my oldest one. But I just want them to be able to speak and understand the lingo around the dinner table. Right. And I want them to know where meat comes mm -hmm. from. It don't come from the grocery right. store. And, and that, that is a big deal these days. There's there's such a big disconnect between where people get their meat from. 
it's crazy. And here's my thoughts on that. There's and these are just round numbers, but say there's there's 20 million, 18 to 20 million people who avidly hunt fish every year, and there's probably uh, 10 million people that are adamantly opposed, no matter what. Well, there's 350 million people who don't ever think about it. Right. They don't really have an opinion. That's the bunch I don't want to offend, and that's the bunch I want to talk to. If it ever came to a, a ballot box, I want them to think, hunt, you know, hunting's kind of the right thing to do. Exactly. So you need to arm yourself with information. I used to, we had a show on the Golf Channel for a year or two called uh, Second Season. And we took some big-name golfers who loved to hunt. You know, Jack Nicklaus, Davis Love, uh, Fuzzy Zeller, those kind of guys. And this was a big deal. So I had this list of positive hunting facts. When we'd get in camp, I'd say, you know, at some point, if somebody sees this, they're going to, you know, they're going to ask you, why in the world would you shoot a deer or whatever? Right. So they could just kind of have those facts if they ever wanted to. And I'll never forget asking Jack Nicholas. I pushed that over. And I said, man, you know, I, man, I'm so grateful that you came with us. And by the way, he shot a deer at 40 yards with a calf hair tab with a bow and air 10 ring. That, really? Yeah. But uh, anyway, I told him about it. Here's my little fact sheet. And he said, cuz. If I get asked that question, I can handle it. And that's what we need is more people like that, you know. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's talk about let's talk about your actual elk hunt for a little bit before, Ooh, before we get away. Yeah, I want I, I want to get into that cuz that was that was one of the it happened quick and it was I, I know cuz we you, you tell the story. Is your hunt? Well, you yeah, first off, you know, Jimmy they, when we get here, I figured I'd hunt with one of you guys and Jimmy would hunt with one. Mm-hmm. No, we're all in the group. We're on a safari, buddy. We got four or five people in this thing, and Jimmy wants to call me an elk up. And what a cool thing. But, you know, we hunted. We The wind's been blowing out here, and it rained so hard, and the elk are just kind of, they were kind of stressed out or zoned out or something. Right. So I was just getting the feeling that this is going to be kind of tough. We mm-hmm. didn't just run out there and kill an elk. No. Which, which for those of y'all who don't know, sorry, sorry, the, the, this is typically like the rain that he's talking about. This ranch may be, in this area, you may get 12 inches of rain in an entire year. And the storm right before they got here, they dumped four inches of rain on it. So it was completely out of the normal. And then the wind was blowing like crazy. Yeah. So it just, it just kind of put conditions on... It was very different. Very put us on a kind of like we had to back up and punt just a little yeah. bit, but it worked we, out. We weren't seeing, you know, elk everywhere. I was figuring, oh my gosh, you know, this is gonna be like shopping. Well, it was. It turned out to be hunting, which like hunting normally is, and uh, so that's okay. But my whole thought was, man, I don't want to hunt to hunt so long that Jimmy can't get him an elk. Mm-hmm. He came all the way out here driving just like I did. But anyway, we had a, you know, some encounters. Didn't hear a lot of bugling, and then. As uh, you guys do with Primos, y'all started figuring things out and uh, went to a different part of the ranch on the second day or whenever it was, the fourth hunt or something like that. And we saw a big elk, but he got out in the prairie, no way to sneak to him, no way. There's nothing to do there, but we saw these other three cross the this road headed kind of to some big timber. So we decided we'd go back that way and... Uh, Anyway, we, we went way on past where they were, and now it's when you stop and you get geared up. Mm-hmm. And I can feel my hamstring starting to burn again just <laughs> talking about it because you got Troy and you got, you got yourself and Big Country who are all young. Well, Troy's not young, but he's just done it so long. He's a, he's a dang robot. But anyway, 
they're wanting to make a big circle to get toward those elk where they were going into the timber because those three were by themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yo, you guys are all about calling. I am too. So out we go. Here goes the, the, the five-man hit squad with the three young ones in front, me and Jimmy coming up the back. I'm doing my best. And them guys kind of trotted up the incline. And it was <laughs> – I mean, it wasn't like we were hiking 10 miles, but it was a long way to the timber line from where we were. And at some point, I rounded a curve, you know, headed up there, and you had stopped just to make sure you knew – we know, me and Jimmy know which way to go. <laughs> hey, they're straight up this thing, stay on this, you know, so I'm getting directions. And I get up there, and they've already set up, and Troy's, you know, hand signaling me to get down, and he's pointing at his eyes with two fingers out there. He's already seen an elk. So he says, get under that bush. So I go over there and get under that bush, and uh, I'm breathing so hard at this point, there's no way I can, like, look through binoculars. <laughs> I would have got seasick. <laughs> so anyway, he said, he's coming or he's out there on this big hill. He was, I'm telling you, he was seven, eight, nine hundred yards away. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I finally got sat down. I could see that with my naked eye, and I raised my binoculars, and I saw, to my knowledge, he's a good one. They're all good ones to me. No, he was plenty good. So, and that's why I was glad y'all were there, because I'd have shot the first elk I saw. But anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at him like this, and he is making his way toward the timber, which would have him going from my right to my left. And uh, anyway, Jimmy cow calls, stops him dead in his tracks at that distance, and he throws his head this way and, and comes in a dead fast walk. And I'm watching this elk come straight to me, and I got to watch this for four, five, six minutes is how long it took. And you know elk can cover a lot of ground. And this thing's on an absolute beeline coming straight at me. Won't he's not turning left, he's not turning right. I got nothing but a frontal shot. I'm looking at his eyes through the scope and his nose. And I'll look up over the scope, I'm like, wow, because I'm rifle hunting, which right. is weird to me anyway. But I'm thinking, he's going to have to stop mm -hmm. at some point. Well, big country's behind me, and I, I whisper to him, do you want me to shoot him in the chest? No. <laughs> like, he just, like, no uncertain terms. I said, okay. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, at this point, I've taken that bush nail, and I've cranked it from, like, 16 down to four. You know, this thing's 80, 70, 60 yards. Oh, yeah. Well, when he gets inside that, I mean, there's three, four guys just, I'm sitting below a bush, and he ain't got a clue on there. But he sees something, or he catches a whip or something. And luckily, I'm right on him, but he don't stop and, like, investigate. He just wheels. Mm -hmm. He, I'm talking about wheel, well, instincts or whatever. He's, he's making that turn to wheel. I see that shoulder, and I fire. Well, you drilled him. And I felt like it was a good shot, mm -hmm. you know, but he took off. And, I mean, I'm seeing this 750-pound creature running, so I'm jacking another one. <laughs> Boom, jacked another one in, and he fell. And... uh then I'm looking at this thing on the ground, and I'm like, I hope he's as big as he thought. Because I literally, from the moment I heard one some one of you guys say he's a shooter, I never looked at his antlers again. I do the same thing, because I'll psych myself out if I <coughs> stare at those antlers. And uh, So anyway, now I got the bull laying on the ground up there. He didn't go very far at all. We see him just right there. And I'm getting up to go. I got to go put my hands on. It's only fourth elk I've ever shot. And let me tell you something. You talk about ground shrinkage. This one got the closer I got, literally, the bigger it was. And I was so thrilled when I got to him. I was like, you got to be kidding. 
And I don't know what he scores, and I could care less. He was just way bigger, six by six, than I thought he was. And I just – I kind of forgot about TV and everything for a minute. I hugged Jimmy. I sent Will a text sitting on my butt right there. We had one bar, and I said, thank you for letting me do this, for, you know, letting me hang out with the guys, letting me kill an elk with you guys. And it ain't that I had never killed an elk before, but to be with you guys and have that happen and see Jimmy sitting there and he called it up, it's like that's – it's like I asked Jimmy, I said, look, say you went on the Internet and you saw this – go elk hunting with the Primos crew to be on TV at their best spot. Jimmy Primus, Primos is going to call you now. What would that bring in an auction? <laughs> it's crazy how lucky I've been. And that's just, you know, a, a perfect example of being blessed. Well, look, it was, as, it was as special for us as it was for you. I can guarantee you. We were, I, I don't think any, I think, they're, they're, the argument could be made. We were happier than you were. <laughs> we were thrilled when you shot that elk. But it, another thing too, that, it's so cool. Usually, when you hear people say you're going rifle hunting for elk, they think the you know the the rut is passed and you're spotting mm-hmm. and stalking. But that's one thing special about this ranch is when that gun season opens, you're still the elk are still very much rutting. I mean, you saw. I mean, if we wouldn't have you know stopped that bull, you could have caught him in the bow range. I mean, that's uh, just it, it's it's so cool how that works out. Well, it's a it's a marvelous place. It really is. But it just goes to show about you know the the, the tagline speak the language you guys like Jimmy Cow calling that thing, and he knew that's all he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, you know, on Jimmy's hunt, I mean, it was two or three of you guys cow calling back and forth because they had heard this elk. I don't know how far he was because I can't hear good as you right now. But he was so far off I could barely hear him, and he would answer that. And then you guys started cow chirping back and forth and doing that. And all of a sudden, he's bugling a little bit more. And then he comes off the mountain and gets down in there. And, buddy, when he got down into that meadow down there, he let us know exactly where he was. But it was the calling was what made it cool. Yeah, and it's so awesome. It's like a big, someone like you that loves turkey hunting. That's, oh, why, that's why I love it. It's like hunting a big turkey almost. It is absolutely the same, except it's way more physical when you're my age. <laughs> and they can smell you. So you got to throw the wind in there. It, it, it's just it's, it's just it's, it's an unbelievable event when it takes place like that. It's so rewarding. Yeah. It's so much fun. Well, here's the, the best part of it. I know probably the part you're most excited about. It. I know you got two ice chests full uh, of meat. <laughs> we spent, you know, we, we, we when we killed mine, we got in there and skinned it. And you guys were like, threw the cameras down. And you guys are all knife masters. And we got that thing quartered and cut hanging in a meat locker cooler th- thing down there. And this morning we got it one down there and everybody's deboning meat. And I got two big ice chests full of, you know, elk quarters, D-bone, giant back straps, inside tenderloins. And I'm, and I'm, te- you know, I'm texting my wife saying, send her pictures. <laughs> I sent her like one picture of the dead elk and 15 of the ice chests sitting oh, yeah. there on the ground because everybody loves elk and elk burgers. And yeah. I mean, I don't know what people do that don't do that. And, you know, like I say, back before I got – anybody invite me to elk hunt i figured it out i killed two on public land with a bow in there now it wasn't easy and i had to pack them out but guess what that meat was really good I after bet it going through it's all rewarding it. yeah. that's that's it comes back to just being connected to where your meat comes from because when you're eating that you remember the struggle yeah. and the hunt and the, the enjoyment of it yeah it's just too much fun special special week no doubt about it well because we i surely i know i enjoyed you everyone enjoyed having you in camp thank you so much for coming 
Hey, my pleasure. And anytime you guys need a trigger man, you know, I'm like you. I love the bow hunt, so does everybody. But anytime you guys need somebody to go, somebody fails out, I'm going I'm to make sure you have my cell phone. Call me. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll definitely have you back around. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. Always send in your questions. And thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.